Welcome to Manifest the Big Stuff. Thank you for joining me as I manifest my most important desires in real time with you. I'm Greg Kuhn, the Law of Attraction science guy and author of the Why Quantum Physicist book series. Sharing this journey with you through time and space, I am here to show and tell how you can manifest the big stuff the more you apply yourself to how our universe really works. This is episode two of season one of Manifest the Big Stuff. I'm really excited today to talk to you about how you manifest. After our last episode where we covered the science of manifesting, we're going to delve into how it is that you manifest your reality. And we'll wrap up season one by covering how to change what you manifest when your reality becomes too painful. So episode two, how do you manifest your reality? How do you create your experiences in material reality? Well, science has a few things that are important markers for us. want to just take note of because of the impact that they have here. The first thing that science says is that we are all simply different perspectives of the same system. You, me, and every other person, place, thing, and idea that composes your material reality is merely a different perspective of the same system. The second thing science has to say is that you, me, every other person, place, and thing in your material reality is energy. You and everything else are simply energy that is temporarily deviated from its energy state to form into a material, substantive, time-space event. And finally, science brings us something called the Copenhagen interpretation, which is the most commonly taught interpretation of quantum physics. And the Copenhagen interpretation says that reality does not exist until it is observed. That there is nothing without an observer. And it is, in fact, the observer who creates material reality. Which also strongly suggests that the type of observer who creates material reality is an observer with a consciousness. Now, you meet all three of those criteria. You are a time-space event with a consciousness who is part of a system called reality, but you have your own unique perspective of that system. And you're also energy, just like everything else, which means that you and all the other perspectives in this system that creates a reality, which is unique to each perspective of the system, is fairly malleable. Those are all important attributes for a manifester. You'll notice that this episode is called how you manifest your reality, not how to manifest your reality. You meet all three of those criteria. You are a manifester. You can't opt out. Well, what do you manifest? And this is an important consideration. You are the consciousness-possessing time-space event that is observing and thus collapsing the quantum field and creating material reality. But does that mean that you are creating all of this? Does that mean that you are solely responsible for material reality? Of course not. Of course not. There were people, places, and things long before you were born. They all existed without you there to manifest them. 
Likewise, I existed before you knew about me. Now, I'm grateful that you know about me now, and I know that there is now a version of me in your reality. And that is what you manifest. You don't manifest the universe. You manifest a universe. A universe that is unique to you. A universe that is created solely by you, that only you can create, that only you can experience, and of course a universe that only you can change. It is your unique reality where every person, place, and thing has a unique meaning and value that only you can assign and only you can experience. You manifest this reality in two ways, your own unique version of reality. The first way you do it, you manifest your reality by making it apparent to your eyes. You do things. You take action. You build things. You create things. You construct things. You achieve things. You collect things. You make something apparent to your eyes, and you manifest it that way. Now, obviously, the vast majority of the material objects that are a part of your unique reality were not constructed from your own hands. So you collectively manifest the rest of it by agreement. But you are not required for the Eiffel Tower to exist, for me to exist, for the Atlantic Ocean to exist. Those things will exist without you literally manifesting them by making them apparent to your eyes. You will make your own unique version of those things that will exist until you are no longer there to manifest them. The other way that you manifest your reality is by making reality apparent to your understanding. Your beliefs power this. And we'll get into your beliefs and what they are a bit later. But for now, no. Your beliefs form or manifest a unique meaning and value that is assigned to every person, place, thing, or idea that exists, that you are aware of. And of course, the uniqueness of what you manifest here is often much greater than what you manifest with your eyes. For example, I love Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts exist in your reality too, but they might be awful. Your hands and the action you take manifests reality by making it apparent to your eyes. Your beliefs manifest reality by making it apparent to your understanding. And there are far more limitations on making something apparent to your eyes than there are to your understanding. Both methods are ways that you manifest. Both methods are very powerful. Making something apparent to your eyes is like saying, I'll believe it when I see it. Making something apparent to your understanding is like saying, I'll see it when I believe it. Both of those statements can be equally true. I also want to talk about beliefs and what beliefs are. You inherited your beliefs during your stages of childhood development. Trusted, important people in your life, like your parents, your family, teachers, clergy, television personalities, and so on and so forth. They taught you what to believe. 
especially what to believe about yourself. They did not teach you a collection of beliefs that were designed to serve you. They taught you what they knew. They taught you what they believed. They taught you explicitly, and they also taught you implicitly. And you needed to have these beliefs so that you could begin to construct your own unique version of reality. By the time you were eight years old, you had all the beliefs you needed. And because beliefs are so important to a time-space event that possesses consciousness, i.e. a human being, i.e. you, because beliefs are so important to how you manifest your reality, they were stored in your midbrain, in your primitive brain, in your subconscious. And that is still where they reside today. Very well protected from any form of conscious thought, any language-based communication. Your subconscious is incapable of communicating in those ways. Because of this, you can't really know what those beliefs are. But you can know this. Your subconscious is not concerned with whether the beliefs serve you now as an adult. Now remember, you didn't select these beliefs. You didn't choose them from a buffet line. I have no doubt that were you given that freedom, or were you given it now, you would select entirely different beliefs. Because unfortunately, you inherited quite a few that don't serve you. You see, you can see your beliefs reflected in what you manifest, in everything you manifest, because you have an understanding of everything, especially yourself. Your beliefs are stored in your subconscious. Your subconscious has only one goal for you, and that is to keep you safe, to keep you secure, to keep you alive. As it turns out, the best way to manifest safety and security is to have the greatest degree of predictability possible, to have the greatest amount of reliability possible. To maintain the status quo at all costs, that creates the highest probability of manifesting safety and security. So your subconscious acts like Fort Knox when it comes to your conscious mind. Your subconscious safeguards your beliefs. It keeps them free of influence from your conscious mind. It keeps them free of what might be sudden whims or flights of fancy all things which might introduce unpredictability and unreliability into manifesting safety and security. To maintain the status quo in this manner, your subconscious only speaks authentic feelings. Your subconscious mind only says what you really feel based on the beliefs residing there. And your subconscious mind only understands how you really feel. This is why manifesting something by making it apparent to your eyes often has little to no effect on your beliefs because your beliefs recognize inauthentic, polished up, manufactured, or pumped up feelings in a New York second. And to your subconscious, feelings like that are gibberish. Just as language, logic, and other forms of word-based communication 
from your conscious mind or gibberish to your subconscious. This is why you don't manifest what you desire. You manifest what you believe. The gap between what you desire and what you believe, which is often labeled cognitive dissonance, is painful. The wider the gap, the greater the pain. Especially when that gap seems unnecessarily wide. But you can close that gap. You can change your beliefs so they become aligned with your desires. And that's what we'll get into next time. Because since your beliefs manifest your reality, when you align your beliefs with your desires, your desires become your reality. Before we go anywhere, I'd like to ask you if you would do something for me and with me. The for me part is, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please tell a friend about Manifest the Big Stuff. The with me part is, I'd like to ask you if you would have some fun with me, if you would experiment with me, if you would send up a signal marker to future humans who are unmoored from time and space so that they might see what we're doing and say, oh, isn't that interesting? These past humans are conducting primitive time travel and they're starting to realize that that's what they're doing. I don't think time travel will be accomplished by traveling really, really, really fast. I think it will occur by folding time space, by meeting in the middle. And that's what you and I are doing here. I'm recording this for you right now. And you're listening to me right now. I call your right now the future. You call mine the past. And yet, here we are, together, right in the middle of my right now and yours. Well, I want to meet you coming from the other direction. Will you do that? Will you leave me a message, a voicemail? Go to whyquantumphysicists.com. That's my website. Whether you're on your phone or you're on your computer, in the lower right-hand corner, you're going to see a little microphone icon. Click that. And then leave me a voicemail. Tell me anything you'd like to share. Ask a question. It's completely up to you. When you record that voicemail, you're going to record it right now. And I'm going to listen to it right now. And then your right now will be the past. And mine will be the future. Whyquantumphysicist.com And who knows, maybe I'll share your message on an upcoming episode. And then we can all play. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Manifest the Big Stuff. If you enjoyed what you heard, please tell a friend about Manifest the Big Stuff. And if you have a question, a suggestion, an inquiry of any kind, or if you just want to say hello, come to my website, whyquantumphysicists.com. I've got a contact form and I'd love to hear from you. I had a lot of fun with you on this episode, and I look forward to spending some time together again real soon.